This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. But yeah, I I also think I had like a very like a kind of like a self self-hating <laughs> like uh image of like Vietnamese kids growing up. Mm, in what way? You no. Know? Do you ever do you ever have that? Did you I don't like there's this whole thing about like feeling fobby. You know, fresh off the boat kind mm-hmm. of thing. And I think it's very much like a part of the idea that you want to be, you want to assimilate to American culture and like you want to distance yourself away from people who like are quote unquote fobby. Um, so that was, I mean, I didn't really have any Vietnamese or Asian friends growing up. Hey, the Brazil. New York, I know you have. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of La Mescla. My name is Adrian Burke, the creator and host of this program. Um, if you already listened to the show, you know what it is. If you're new, thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to bring you another wonderful conversation with a mixed race and or first generation American artist. Um, uh, if you uh, are not already subscribed, please remember to subscribe on uh, iTunes, on Spotify, on wherever you get your podcasts and leave a review, like, subscribe and support the page on Instagram at La Mescla. Mescla Pod, same thing on Facebook at La Mescla Pod. Uh, okay, with all that promo out of the way, let's get into today's guest. Our guest today is the wonderful, wonderful, amazing, multi-talented Hong Nguyen. Um, please forgive my feeble um, pronunciation abilities. I practiced it a few times and I'm self-conscious. Um, but I'm so, so excited to have Hong on the show. Hong is the creator, executive producer, um, and actor in the uh, amazing, amazing new media series called Sideways Smile. Uh, Sideways Smile is um, a wide-ranging web series exploring uh, themes of queerness, sexuality, Asian-American identity and representation, and overall challenging the status quo. It's a wonderful, wonderful series that I was lucky and privileged enough to be a tiny, tiny part of, and it's currently crushing it on the festival scene, screening at so, so many places, including the Austin Film Fest, which is so, so exciting. Uh, the show's going places, and I'm uh, so, my proximity to it makes me feel so, so lucky, and I'm so excited to have Hong on the show. I've wanted to have her here for so long. Uh, we had a great conversation that I think you're really going to enjoy, so without further ado, I'm going to stop talking and let you hear this wonderful, wonderful conversation with Hong. I got a long way to go, but as far as I know, I'm going to stay on this road, man. Great. So, yeah, we're rolling. Here we are. Hi. Hello. How are you? Hello. I'm <laughs> thank, good. Thank you so much for being here. Um, so, um, I don't know how much, I, Hong, I don't know how much you've listened to the show, um, it's fine if not at all, but um, so the the name of the fan base for this show is um, my mom's friends because we're still so small that most of the people who listen to this are people that my mom has begged to listen to it. So the way yeah. I start every episode uh, is uh, by asking you to introduce yourself to my mom's friends, give us like a short little spiel, um, who you are, where you're from, uh, and where your family's from. Okay. Um... Hi, Adrian's friend, uh, mom's friends. <laughs> Thank you. Get it right. Get it right. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, my name is Hang Nguyen. Uh, a lot of people say Hang when they read my name, but it's not Hang, it's Hang. Um, and uh, what were the questions? Where I'm from, I'm from Cambridge, Massachusetts. Oh, no uh, shit. Are you from Cambridge, Massachusetts? <laughs> Well, no, I was born, but I was born in Boston and I lived in Arlington for like the first two years of my oh, life before moving to And I, we have mad family friends who live in Cambridge. I go up there every day. Really? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are, uh, uh, who are they? I mean, <laughs> maybe I won't um, know them. I don't shout know. Shout outs, shout outs to Lisa DeLima, the DeLima family. I don't know if that rings a bell. Oh, wow. Did I lose you already? Yeah, but now you're back. 
Oh, hi. No, I just said, um, uh, <laughs> what I said was the, the DeLima family. Shout outs to Lisa DeLima and her family. Uh, okay. Okay. No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I figured. <laughs> I figured. I don't know why I felt the need to derail your introduction. Please keep going. Um, okay. Cambridge, Mass. But my, I was actually born in Vietnam. Um, okay. And I came over here when I was five, maybe six. I think five. Mm -hmm. 1995. Um, and my parents came here, unlike a lot of other Vietnamese people who come to the States um, as refugees from the war, my parents were communists. So they ah. came in 1995 uh, for education and, and stuff. Yeah, so it's a really interesting experience in my generation. Right. Um, because there's like a lot of history with like Southern and Northern Vietnamese people, especially in the mm -hmm. States, but I have no context for any of that. And yeah. I can tell you a funny story later, but <laughs> about oh, that whole wait. situation, but yeah. No, you, you, can, you can tell it now. <laughs> I can tell, okay. So um, I was at a friend's wedding and she's from uh, Dorchester, uh, okay. Boston. Dorchester. And do, 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 yeah, I, I'm also not a true Bostonian because I don't have a Boston accent. I mean, accent. yo, neither am I. Neither am I. Every, every, <laughs> everything Boston I know is from Ben Affleck movies. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. How you like them apples? Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, that was so perfect. That, that was perfect. Oh, thank you. <laughs> uh, I was at her wedding and it was a reception like thing. And I guess, again, I have no... Uh, I have no idea how Vietnamese weddings actually work. Um, mm -hmm. But, you know, there's like a whole like Chinese bank, um, banquet at like a Chinese restaurant. And so all of her family and friends were there. Her mom threw the party and she invited like all of her Southern Vietnamese friends. And I was at a table with um, the bride's grandma and um, some of her other relatives. And then this, this other person that uh, I knew from college. And so like, she and I were talking and she was like, oh, Vietnamese. And I was like, yes, I, I speak Vietnamese, but you know, I know very little. Um, I, I mean, I don't know that much. And she's like, oh, like what, did, what, can you say something? And I was like, sure. I know how to sing like the like national, <laughs> like, like a, it's, it's a, a, the national like song for Bác Hồ, who is Ho Chi Minh. He's like the- Okay. The, the, the what Saigon is named after right. um and so I started singing this song and it's like a very like northern communist nationalist song oh my god because I had no idea and so then I started singing this song and it was like last night I dreamed of back hole his he had such a long beard and blah 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 it's like what kids sing right because uh -huh. you, you were taught that when you were young right. and she was like oh my god shh, shh, shh. what are you doing like like you can't sing you can't sing that here you can't sing that here and like her grandma was there and like all oh these god. other people and she's like no 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 and I was like uh-oh so yeah that was the first time I actually experienced anything like that how how old like, were you when this life. happened <laughs> It was like 2018. <laughs> oh my god! Like, I thought you were gonna be like a teenager ago. or something. No, it was two years ago. Yeah. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Well, what so a way to learn that lesson. What a way to learn that lesson. <laughs> it's true, so and and then I well, I went home and I told my mom, and she just laughed. <laughs> like, she was like, "Oh my god, that's so awkward. That's horrible, but also hilarious." Wow, yeah. What a what a amazing real-time history lesson. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. So so yeah. talk to me about talk to me about growing up in Cambridge. What was that like? What schools did you go to? Like what were you interested in? Who was your social circle? Like I want to get into the childhood years. Mm, okay. Um, let's see. Growing up in Cambridge was pretty great. I would say. Um, so my parents, my mom, we, I think ended, when we ended up settling in Cambridge because my mom had a scholarship to actually go to Harvard for her master's. Um, and she, and so then we like had a place there, like rented, super poor, you know, like my mom worked like three jobs just to get, raise her kid, I guess. 
Um, and I went to all the public schools. So I went to the school called Moore School, then Longfellow, and then I went to Cambridge Ridge and Latin, which is the only that's, public high school. That's what I was going to ask. I was going to ask if you went to Ridge and Latin, because I've heard of that school. I did. My, Do you know uh, any, my, if you... Well, my family friends who, who live up there, um, their youngest, uh, the youngest son of that family, he, I know that he was the school mascot for a while at Ringe and Latin. It's a falcon, right? Yes, that's right. Yeah. He was the falcon for a couple years, and I remember watching hilarious videos of him dancing <laughs> in that costume. That's amazing. Do you know what year he is? Is he, is he like? Uh, he's, I think he's a couple years older than me, so I want to say he probably graduated in like, Oh eight or something like that. I probably might know him. Okay. Okay. <laughs> does does the name does the name Heno ring a bell? Yes. Yo, I totally know him. <laughs> Yo, that's crazy. He's like one of my oldest family. Our parents are best friends. That's so funny. A redhead, right? Yeah, yes, I know that's him. so random. Yeah. That's so yeah. random. Yeah, I spend every <laughs> I spend every Christmas with him. Oh my God, I wonder if we like, I mean, I don't know if you ever partied with him, but I remember, I don't know, um, like not high really. school was, <laughs> okay. Not really, to be honest, but um, that's, that's, a, that's a weird um, crossover. And I love, I, there's <laughs> almost 0% chance he'll ever listen to this, but I love that this is part <laughs> of the show. Oh my, and also it's such a distinct name too, yeah. you know, that mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah. Well, okay. What was the questions? What was childhood like? Um, yeah, just like talking shit about Cambridge and like who were your social circles and what were you interested in? Oh yeah, yeah. So, um, gosh, I don't know how much to confess on this podcast. Um, this is going out but... to millions of people. Millions of people will <laughs> listen to this. Uh, let's see. I so I went to all the Cambridge public schools, and um, the nice thing about Cambridge is, I guess, it's like very walkable. And so I ended up being friends with this girl who actually lived right across the street from me, um, and uh, she was kind of, I don't know, I like <laughs> it's really funny because I feel like, like I remember afterwards after our friendship ended. Um, her mom, I guess, really liked me because I was like re- a really good influence on her. Ah, she you were that like kid. A, yeah, but she was like a pretty bad influence on me. <laughs> 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 so, um, yeah, we had like, I was like the lackey. She was definitely like the the leader, you know, and I was like her like, you know, minion or whatever. And like, I was totally a middle school bully. It was it's not a great time in my life. Oh my God, wait, I love this. This honestly, like I've had a few people on this show and I was a bully in middle school too for a little bit. It's like, okay. I feel like this is a recurring theme on this show. <laughs> yeah, um, let's see. I did theater in high school. I was a techie. Oh my God. Um, a, tech, a tech kid, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I mean, the nice thing about Cambridge, at least the high school is that they they were the only public school so they got a lot of money from just the city right and you could literally do anything you wanted there they had golf they had sailing they had um like an incredible theater uh like department and i actually other fun fact i was um a captain of my sailing team Dude, what? <laughs> what a fun fact for well, I mean, for, for also like, for people for people who don't know like Boston specifics or like Cambridge things like sa- sailing yeah. is a huge deal in Boston. It's like a, such a thing. Yeah, yeah, yep. I was captain of my sailing team, wow. but I always finished. I always finished twenty fourth out of twenty fifth <laughs> in the races. <laughs> well, so you were clearly the moral leader. I, I or I was the oldest and it just defaulted to like the <laughs> oldest person on the team became the captain um, oh my god what was the sailing team like what was that culture like it was great I mean the okay. thing is we were city kids we weren't like you know like we would race against like nobles and stuff which was like these private schools um mm. in and they were like very preppy but right. the, but the, but our team was like we were like pirates we had like a pirate flag um we like 
<laughs> I remember some kids would, would do the sport because they wanted to put it on their resume, but no one actually like took it really seriously uh -huh. for college. And I remember there's one time where like we would moon the duck boats that like that like that like went like the by. tourist boats like yes yeah 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 we would <laughs> moon the tourist boats while we were racing <laughs> wow that's honestly <laughs> impressive i feel like you should get extra points for that <laughs> it was very chill and like nobody really cared you know how you performed and stuff and our coach our coach was like the nicest guy he was just like yeah it's okay 20 23 out of 25 great did you have fun good well, glad you had fun that's honestly <laughs> so refreshing that's so refreshing yeah it's very different than i think um a lot of other i guess experiences especially when you say like sailing right uh, yeah. yeah i mean yeah, the, yeah, when yeah. i hear sailing the first uh, thing that comes to mind is that scene in in uh in the social network with the the winkle winkle voss twins mm, like rowing on the rowing on the charles but you know that's crew that's not sailing oh shit oh they're different <laughs> right what's yeah. what's the difference again i don't fucking know i moved out of boston when i was like two crew is like you know crew you're in like that boat and you're like right you're like actually exercising sailing is the big the big sails with the jib okay cool, cool. <laughs> it's like it's like a a ship but much <laughs> <Okay>. smaller <laughs> any, crew, any... i would say that <laughs> no go ahead i would say the crew team is your was your typical like like a stereotypical crew culture got it got it yeah 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 so, and was there was there crew at the high school too oh yeah there was crew they'd like yeah yeah yeah, yeah there was crew got there it. um yeah. yeah the high i mean they also had like what else did, they had like um this whole department that uh was for engineering and they had like their own workshops there like auto workshops and like these kids could go and take those classes and like this show is supported by state farm insurance is a part of any solid financial plan making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry it's important to protect not only your business but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Have all of this equipment available to them to like do all these crazy things. It was really, it was pretty wow, cool. so it's a pretty bomb ass high school. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I think it was also pretty diverse. Like for, mm -hmm. um, I think at some point it was the most diverse school in the country. I, having spent a good amount of time in Cambridge, I believe it. For sure. Yeah, I mean, now I think, it, I mean, when I was growing up, it was very much like family oriented. Now it's kind of filled with yuppies. Um, yeah. And like, yeah. I guess like most cities getting, yeah. Yeah. And well, I mean, you also, you have a lot of people in Cambridge who, um, go to school in Cambridge, quote unquote, the way Harvard oh, yes. people yes, will never right. admit that they go yep. to Harvard. <laughs> that's true. You're right. <laughs> I've yeah, I've yet yeah, yeah. to hear a Harvard person just off rip say I go to Harvard. They always say like I go to school in Cambridge. <laughs> okay, I will confess that my little sister goes to Harvard, and does she, she say that school? I don't know, but I always say she goes to Harvard because I'm like, <laughs> of course. Well, as a I, I went to I went to BU, that. so like I went to BU, so as like one of the dumb kids across the river, like I have. <laughs> I have mad issues with Harvard kids. Did you do did you do their theater program or their uh, acting program? I did not. I went for I went for oh. film. I my part of my oh. part of my immigrant mom experience was like I don't think I can spend our money on an acting degree. That that feels insane. <laughs> <laughs> but but then you but but film was like different or better? 
I mean, it, it, it felt like adjacent to what I wanted to do, which was always like acting and performing, mm. but it felt yeah. like a little bit more stable and I could get a stable job off of it. Okay, cool. I felt when I was younger, I wanted to go into film, but there was no way that was going to happen for me. Yeah, why not? My mom was like, you have to be a doctor. Classic. Very classic. Very classic. Yeah. Were you, was the household like very, were your parents very, uh, like on the spectrum of like assimilation to like the hardcore preservation of the home culture, like about where did your family fall? Funny, cause my mom is extreme. Um, I would say it's, well, I would say in the middle, mm-hmm. right? I think they would be smacked out in the middle. Cause my mom is actually quite progressive. Like, Mm -hmm. she's not your stereotypical, like, Asian mom. Um, She, I discovered, uh, did her, she's a, she studied psychology, she's a social worker, and she did her master's on child rearing practices between, like, Eastern cultures and Western cultures, and Mm -hmm. so she raised us very differently than, like, how you would assume, like, Asian kids might be raised by their parents. Mm -hmm. It was very much like socially we were free to do whatever we wanted (laughs) or at least they were I was like they were like yes please go out and whatever (laughs) didn't even care that I was coming home at like midnight um I can't tell you how jealous of that I am (laughs) (laughs) it was yes it was great and and also me being the oldest like and but but then in terms of like career, she was very like strict. It was like, this is it. You have to do this. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. She was super like narrow about that. Um, that's that's such then, an interesting dichotomy to be so laissez-faire <laughs> in one way and then to still be like, you're going to be a doctor though. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It was really, it was really interesting. Cause I mean, I also like when I grew up and I learned sort of her education and history, I sort of understood because I think she, she really did not, I'm going to assume, but she didn't have a great relationship with her parents, um, especially her dad. And I think she also didn't have a great relationship with like Vietnamese culture in a way. Mm -hmm. She, to me, feels much more like Americanized. Like she's like, I'm an American. Like I'm, I don't, I don't want to ever go back to Vietnam to like live there. I don't want to like be buried there, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. but so she is like um so then so then the fact that she also studied like the differences in eastern and western child rearing practices makes me not very surprised that she you know decided that she was going to raise us in a very particular way right um, yeah when well, it, it sounds comes like to like she, social yeah yeah yeah. yeah, and it sounds like she really, like, took uh, her own destiny into her hands. Like, she gave herself a lot of agency. Yeah, I would, that is, I think that's a very accurate way of describing my mom. This is, why, very, this is why they pay me zero <laughs> money to do this show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. She's a very, she's a person who, like, if she wants something, she will do it. No mm. matter what it takes. Mm. <laughs> if she wants yeah. to watch all 10 seasons of Lost in three days, she will fucking do it. Oh, sorry. I don't know if I'm allowed to swear. Oh, of course you are. Of course you are. Okay. Yeah. She's, she's a show binger. So she Mm. will actually watch Lost in like 10, in like three days. (laughs) Was this recent? What was her thoughts on Lost? Um, Well, no, Lost was a long time ago, but Game of Mm. Thrones. She, she, I think she read all of the books in like a week. What? <laughs> what? And then, and then she was obsessed. And then I would come home, and then she was—I re- I don't remember exactly what happened, but uh-huh. at some point she was like, she, like my brother or my sister did something, and she was like, "Now here's a life lesson, just like in Game of Thrones, <laughs> like during the <laughs> bloody wedding, like here's what you can learn." Oh my <laughs> so god. She knew, Thrones as a as a teaching like <laughs> moment as as a child rearing uh, device. Yeah, 
she's really funny. She's a really funny character. That's amazing. Did you ever, um, yeah. did you ever find yourself, I guess in Cambridge or just like in your life in general, like, cause I, I heard you mention a little bit earlier of like, that your since your mom was raising you in this very unique way that it felt fundamentally different than what the one might think the stereotypical Asian parent would do. Like, did mm -hmm. you ever find yourself like feeling different than your Asian classmates, be it in high school or beyond? I mean, I definitely felt like, like, I felt lucky. Like, I think I was self-aware enough to know that I was pretty lucky in like that sense, like mm -hmm. the social um aspect of things because like my mother would never i remember i would go to like you know our family friends and i would hang out with their kids and every time i would see this one woman this mom she would be like oh my god like look hung doesn't have like all this acne like you do talking to her own child <laughs> oh my god. And, and that was like that's i think if you talk to a um, other uh asian kids they would probably say that they may have experienced that <laughs> but my mother would never do that like she would never like comment on um the way that we look or how much we weighed or whatever mm -hmm. like it was never a part of the yeah it's just yeah. never a part of, of the thing I mean, yeah let me tell you with latin moms the the comments <laughs> on the weight is a real thing that's a very very real thing <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i mean I'm, I'm sure i've seen it happen with like my uh like i guess like vietnamese friends growing up for sure yeah, yeah. and yeah. and i remember thinking like i'm glad my mom doesn't do that <laughs> yeah i mean i would be i would cherish it too <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there also wasn't that many asian kids at at least at, least at ringe i don't remember at my mm. actual schools at least when I was growing up, I'm sure now there probably are. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I also think I had like a very like a kind of like a self self-hating <laughs> like uh, image of like Vietnamese kids growing up. Mm, in what way? You no. Know? Do you ever do you ever have that? Did you? I don't like there's this whole thing about like feeling fobby, you uh -huh. know, fresh off the boat kind mm -hmm. of thing. And I think it's very much like a part of the idea that you want to be, you want to assimilate to American culture and like you want to distance yourself away from people who like are quote unquote fobby. Um, so that was, I mean, I didn't really have any Vietnamese or Asian friends growing up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of somewhat similarly, I didn't, well, looking back on it now, the, the people I keep in touch with from high school and like, middle school like are all the the latin american kids who i knew but mm. like but growing up in the moment i felt completely kind of disassociated from the culture that my mom my mom was pretty she wasn't like crazy adamant about it but on that spectrum she was pretty like she like we ate the food we spoke spanish in the house mm, we, like mm -hmm. we visited peru at least once a year like we were definitely like in the culture, but as far as my, my social life went, like I didn't feel really connected to it at all until much later mm. in life. And now looking back on it, the friends that I do keep in touch with are also the ones who like are from Latin America. So it's funny how like, it doesn't feel that way in the moment, but like looking back, you can kind of track the narrative as you look at it in hindsight. Yeah, I think in hindsight, it's always interesting for sure. Um, and like the appreciation you have for the fact that, oh, I'm so glad like my mom cooked, like she's a great cook and like Ooh, food is yes. such a, food is such like an amazing part of, of like my family life and like culture and thank God. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel the same way. I feel so lucky to have grown up eating the food that I did. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Food, oh, I love, I think Vietnamese food is my favorite thing in the world and it's yeah. it's 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 so like i don't know if your mom ever did this but like if you actually lived in vietnam like most people don't cook pho you know like mm. the pho, like pho or yeah. whatever most people don't cook it because you can just buy it off of the street right and it's like delicious and like a dollar and really right. cheap 
Um, but then, but when we moved here, it's like extremely no, I mean, like you can't find a real bowl of pho. And mm. so my mom would just always be making that and like finding the ingredients and like kind of like sourcing down like different yeah. ingredients that you can never get, mm-hmm. you know, easily in the supermarkets here. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. My mom did the same map Peruvian food onto everything you just said. And my mom did the exact same thing. She yeah. would even, she would, um, I don't think, whatever. She would smuggle. She would smuggle <laughs> shit back. Like whatever she came back from from Lima or whenever we came back. Like the mo for both <laughs> yeah. my mom and my grandmother was to take these um, these Peruvian peppers, aji amarillo is the name of the pepper, mm-hmm. like yellow pepper, and they would like they'd put the peppers in a bag, like a gift bag, and then they'd put like mm-hmm. the wrapping and like make it look like beautiful. And then my mm-hmm. abuela or my mom, both of whom were very like adorable uh, women, would just like look mm-hmm. at the customs agent like, un regalo para mi hijo, like just a gift for my son. <laughs> and then they'd like let them through. So my mom slowly smuggled out herbs and spices uh, over the course of my childhood. That's exactly, I mean, my mom also smuggled in stuff. <laughs> Mm-hmm. beautiful same thing same thing <laughs> beautiful like, yeah 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 that's so funny yeah so many like like shared experiences yeah i mean that's why i love this show is like you and i yeah. have completely different upbringings and we can still find that common ground you know yeah yeah it's such a universal story yeah sometimes completely. yeah completely. yeah so how about how about like uh, when where did you end up going to undergrad I went to Brown. Okay. Why did Shamefully you say it like that? Why did I you say know. it like that? I don't know. Because you were like, you were like, what? Well, Harvard. And I was like, oh. Oh my God, whatever. Who gives a shit? Like, none of it matters anyway. Like, I know, so that's, none of it really matters. That's Providence, right? Yeah, it's Providence. Yep. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. So you stayed, you stayed New England, like ride or die New England. Yeah, ride or die New England. I don't know if that's like my choice or... It just ended up being that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what did you study mm-hmm. there? I had a geo. I studied geophysics. Whoa! What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> what? The, what does yeah. that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? Uh, well, geophysics itself is the study. I mean, I'm going to simplify it, but I'm just. I just like to say it's a study of earthquakes. Like oh, oh wa- okay. Waves and earth waves and stuff. <laughs> Okay, but, wow. Uh, I mean, I don't remember or know anything about it at all, ever, um, anymore, or ever. I don't even know if I ever knew anything about it. Uh, I So I decided to study geology at Brown, and Brown had this, like, incredible geology department where, you know, the professors really cared about you, and, like, they knew who all the undergrads were. And so I was like, okay, well, why not? And, but at the same time, as pre-med, as I said, my mom really wanted me to go to med school, right? So the easiest way to combine those two things, like the pre-med requirements, was to do geophysics. Wow. Because you had geology, and then you had all of the physics requirements, which were like physics, bio, chemistry, blah, 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 blah. Um, And so then, but then I, but then I actually, like the stuff that I kind of still know about or remember is... I actually studied like paleoclimatology, which is the study of like the history of climate change. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. Wow. <laughs> yes. So that was semi-interesting. It was pretty and now, interesting. And now here yeah. you are, the showrunner of a new digital series. <laughs> like, what, let's talk about that. Like, had had I mean, obviously you were doing like theater tech in high school, so the creative brain was like always there, but like was it a situation at Brown of like you were doing this this geophysics and pre-med stuff to satisfy your parents or was it like were you actually into it? Um, I mean, I told myself I was into it. Mm. I honestly, I think my biggest regret in life is not ex- like taking advantage of all the things that Brown had to offer, which is like you didn't have requirements there. You really didn't have to take anything at all. You could just do whatever you wanted. I never took a single, I think I took like one liberal arts class. It was very sad. It was extremely sad. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, I did it because, you know, you're like in college and you're like, I need to do well. I'm an overachiever and blah, 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 blah. I need 
to I need to get an A in my organic chemistry class. Ugh, and I got we were of, very different college <laughs> students. We were yeah. very different college students. <laughs> yep. Um, you know what I tell my sister now? I'm like, you should take three classes and party all the time, okay? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> nope, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> no, yeah. You hear you, uh, all any college aged listeners of this show. It doesn't exactly. matter. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Anything Especially you're stressed about now. right now, it doesn't matter. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. Um, so I thought it mattered. <laughs> and uh-huh. <laughs> sadly. Um, and so then, yeah, so I did this degree and then kind of the routes that you could take, you could get your PhD or you could go dig oil for Exxon. <laughs> Those are the two things. Okay. Uh, and so I was like, I don't, and, and right before this, I had done like a kind of a thesis in a lab and it is so boring. It is so, 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 so boring. I so I was like, imagine. I'm definitely not doing either of those things. Um, and I ended up, and I ended up taking a job in DC at an ophthalmology clinic. okay it just keeps getting weirder it just keeps getting weirder yeah i mean i've lived a lot of lives i think Mm -hmm. now Mm -hmm. um yeah so ophthalmology um not to be confused with optometry ophthalmology is the study of eye surgery uh and they do hire 22 year olds from college (laughs) and they yeah and um you're a technician so you like go and you i don't know do patient intake um which is what sideways smile is kind of based on (laughs) and uh my experience there and i I did eight months there and i hated it at the same time i had taken this class which the show is also based on and it kind of made me like change my life and i was like i want to go into education and building community and like peer learning and that was what i ended up doing I, I quit, yeah, eight year, eight months, and then I, like, moved to Laos for six months and then came back and kind of, like, made my way to kind of product or education software, which is what I'm in now. Mm. That's amazing. What, what an amazing, like, <laughs> rebrand. I think anybody who, like, reinvents themselves like that, I, like, I have nothing but admiration for that. I think that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, I remember feeling really hopeless, though, um, when I was 22 and living in DC and being like, Oh my God, how am I going to like get the fuck out of here? You know, like, like this is like a dead, it feels like a dead end job. Like what am I doing? I hate this. So it was a, it was a journey. Yeah. 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 So since you sort of, we already started like touching on the show, like let's start getting into the show. Can you give us a little, give my mom's friends a little primer on, on what sideways smile is. Okay, yeah. Um, here's my here's my log line. <laughs> Here we Sideways go. Elevator smile. pitch time. Let's go. <laughs> Sideways Smile is a comedy about a young Asian American woman who um, goes on a journey of self discovery after reluctantly enrolling in a class to learn how to have an orgasm. Boom! Log Boom. line. Done. 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 <laughs> green light. Green light. Green light. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that show i mean basically yeah so that's what the show's about and it's six episodes and it's um it's based on the class that i was just talking about the one that i took when i was 22 and And this was in dc yeah the class was in dc but the class is 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 a real thing and it's like a very grassroots organization that's um at universities at different cities around the country just like small you know, very community oriented. Uh, And so in 2017, I kind of felt like I had reached like a certain point in my career in in my like education career. And I was like, okay, I've done what I needed to do (laughs) here. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I was like, well, I've been feeling like creatively thirsty for like doing something that was more uh, art oriented. And all of my friends were filmmakers or writers or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My partner, Harry, is also a filmmaker. 
And so I was like, okay, like, you know, I've been watching like these great shows, comedic shows with like strong female leads, um, Broad City, Chewing Gum, Insecure. And I was like, but like, I want to see like one with an Asian American lead. And like, there's so many perspectives that we could like tell in that way too. And so I just decided to like write this 10 minute thing and ended up self-funding kind of uh, producing and, and making the first 10 minutes. And that pilot got us a grant to do the season in oh, 2019. Yeah. And then we like also raised a bunch of money and like self-funded. I put in a bunch of money and yeah. And then this, this, the season came about, we shot that you were part of that. I was, and, yes, uh, a very, a very small part, a very small part. <laughs> well, we did have like 40 people who had lines in that show. <laughs> it's crazy how big the project got. Like, it's a big show. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm very happy with how it came out. Um, it's amazing. It's great. I mean, I haven't seen the whole thing yet, but I very <laughs> yeah. shortly will be finishing it. And it's so fucking great. Like, I can't tell you. It's also like in the, you know, we're in the New York art artist community. Like, how many fucking web series are there? Like, in mm-hmm. this community, how many, like five to ten episode like web series are there but like I feel like uh what what you've done with your show is such an example of like doing it right you know what I mean and Mm, like and also taking your time with it you know yeah I mean it was really important for, for, for me at least for when we when I decided to do it, I was like I really want to pay everybody like mm. I know obviously we're not going to pay you like union rates of like 500 600 dollars a day but like it right. was like we want to pay people mm-hmm. um and so I think we did do it right I think you know we paid people we made sure that like people were comfortable on set I hired an intimacy coordinator for like mm-hmm. the more like risque scenes um yeah, I don't know. I think we had a, and we had like an incredible crew. Uh, Seriously. Of like I was only there for a day, but I was so like <laughs> blown away by everything. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I mean, it's been really, really great to see the reception too. I mean, it's also very sad that it's all virtual festivals this year. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I guess who knows if there's going to be a world in like two years or a year so whatever (laughs) but we're not but you know what we're not gonna do is let that shit get us down right now because so many so many exciting like yes i mean it's like it's you're in five festivals this month alone right is that correct yes yes that's crazy yeah and we you know like i never thought that we would get into outfest we got into outfest then I was like, oh, are we going to get into New Fest? We got into New Fest. Then we got into Austin, which is which like is crazy. Nuts. That's amazing. Yeah. That's crazy. That's the Austin, <laughs> for, for my mom's friends, the Austin Film Festival is like a huge deal. It's like, honestly, mom's friends, that's probably one of the three <laughs> film festivals that you actually know the name of, like, which tells you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's been really, really cool. It's been mm-hmm. really great. And then from Outfest, we have gotten some interest from people and they've been reaching out and it's just been really nice to be able to like talk about just like writing and the structure and like why we did things that we did and sharing yeah. fun facts. And it's just been, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Really exciting. Yeah. Yeah, you made a fucking show. You made like a real fucking show. That's so amazing. I made a show. Yeah. It was so stressful. <laughs> I can, I'm sure. I'm sure. Every Anything, every like two or yeah. three minute video I've shot has been like the most stressful thing I've ever done in my entire life. Was, oh my god. I remember being like, Harry, do not let me do this. <laughs> ever again (laughs) that was like my general and like I felt like if I hadn't because it was like oh we got like I applied this grant thinking that we would never get it right and then it was like oh shit we got it but they're only giving us like a third of the money (laughs) so then it was like oh my god we have to do this like we really have to do this um it's like the universe called your bluff or something yeah, and then you really couldn't like back out either. 
you know, it was like, and then once we started pre-production and we booked everything, it was like, you couldn't back out either. (laughs) So you just had to do it. Um, which was, I mean, I think that's the only way I get things done, to be honest. I just do it. I mean, you have, yeah, I think I agree with that. I think you have to put a little, you have to put some pressure on yourself. You have to light a fire under your ass somehow. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, so cool. So we're like, we're kind of, we're getting there. We're starting to wind down on time. If you, but let me ask you this. Um, if for, for all, cause I know there are a ton of them out there and a good bit of them who listen to this show, the people, a good bit of the people who listen to this show would probably love an answer of like, in terms of people who are trying to, to, to create their own thing completely like alone at sea out there. Like what, what advice would you give to young creators out there who maybe want to tell, uh, their story that hasn't been, that hasn't been told in, in film and television yet? Yeah, I would say, I mean, I feel like everyone says this. So I'll try to be more practical. <laughs> okay. Um, well, the first thing is... How, how immigrant parent of you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so, I mean, obviously the first thing is like, just, just, just do it. Just like write the thing. Write it, like get it on a piece of paper, no matter where it's going to go or what it's going to do, right? I think the second thing is getting someone to bounce ideas off of someone you trust and someone who's like who has like good taste and you trust and you value their taste and it's like you know hey like my partner is like that for me and then finding someone who is super excited for your project and will help you kind of like hold you accountable and like mm. just like really like push it like telling you to because I get really lazy. I'm just like, okay, I'm done. I'm good. (laughs) But then if there's someone there who's like really excited about it and being like, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to do this, you have to keep going, then you actually end up going. Right. Yeah. And then I think the third thing is like, don't underestimate yourself. I think that's what I've learned, I guess, in this Mm. process. Cause I never really like, never thought we'd get the grant, never thought we'd finish the thing, (laughs) never thought we'd get into these festivals. (laughs) You know, never thought I'd be like sitting down with like a, a real network and being like, hey, this is the show. Like, I can't believe I'm in this meeting with you all. Hello. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think I think just like, yeah, just, just do the thing that you think is good. It's so funny. I feel like whenever I listen to that from like other interviews, I'm like, pshaw. Yeah, I'm like, like what the fuck you? Like <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like F you, like yeah. you're or you're like the exception to the norm. Right. The other thing that I will say though is especially in film, I mean, especially in a lot of art stuff, like money. Honestly, like to be completely honest, having access to money absolutely is a huge factor. And and it's I'm not gonna downplay it because like and I feel like that's the conversation, right, that we're having right now, sort mm-hmm. of like privilege and not privilege and like the privilege of being able to have money. Like yeah. I will say that like I have a day job and I have a day job that pays actually like, you know, like I have a, a, another career and that is what I use to fund the first pilot, right? right. Most people might not have that mm-hmm. money lying around um, that they could use. So I have that privilege and like, I don't know. I feel like that is a huge factor in people who are able to tell their stories. And I think like now, you know, you're starting to see more grants and labs and all that stuff. So it's really great. And we definitely need to go in that direction. Um, But I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, talk about like realistic and pragmatic ways to talk about like getting into this field. Like that is arguably the most important thing like that is yeah having ha- and having the ability like you alluded to earlier like having the ability to pay your cast and crew like to really mm-hmm. work it like a like a legit job which you know for a plethora of reasons most um most digital stuff that's done in the city right. just isn't, isn't produced like that right exactly exactly so you know i think you 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 do what you can but but i think at the end of the day treat everyone well mm. you know if you can't pay them get them great food yeah you better you, <laughs> you know? better get them great food yes <laughs> make sure make sure that they're out on time make sure that you keep to your 12 hour a day you know 
And I think even we did pay people, we still knew that we didn't pay people enough, you know, right. like, right. to like, uh, so we were like, okay, make sure they have great food, make sure we're always on time. Like we always ended on time. Mm. And mm. that is something that I'm super proud of. It's a um, huge, that's a huge deal. That's as yeah. someone who routinely works in the indie film world, <laughs> that is a huge deal to me yeah. specifically. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah, I feel, I feel very strongly that like if you're working in film and you're the leader or you're like one of the leaders of, of the project, you really have to set the right tone. Mm -hmm. um, and also working in like the corporate world, I feel like even like I'm so removed from a CEO, right. But whatever the CEO's personality is and, and their leadership style trickles down to everyone, like to the very bottom, you know, um, worker. And Absolutely. I felt like on my set, it was like, I really wanted, it was a comedy. So I was like, I really want people to laugh. I want people to have a good time. Mm. Um, I want us to have like hilarious bloopers. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly, no. that's like my number one reason for going into film. Great <laughs> to have bloopers. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. I mean, what a great, what a great side effect <laughs> of the whole process. But I think you hit on a really, really important point that I, that I would hope that a lot of like aspiring or like working indie filmmakers remember, especially let's be honest, it's a lot of like, it's a lot of white dudes in baseball caps out mm -hmm. here who think, who think they're auteurs and stuff. Mm -hmm, like, mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're a director or a producer or a creator or whatever, like you are, you're a, you are a leader. You are setting a tone for a group of people who are working towards a common goal. It's not about yeah. you being this like genius auteur artist who is, yep. who, who is like, who has to be this like asshole genius. Like, right. no, you're, you are the leader of a crew and you need to make sure that the tone is right. Otherwise it'll show up in the work. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's so funny. I was like, uh, my AD would tell me all these horror stories and I was like, ha, 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 we don't have that. Ha, ha, ha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think that's the most important part. Yeah. And, and I can, I feel like we, you can kind of feel the love that people have for the show through what we created, yeah. um, which was really great. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Hong, Hong, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. I feel like you know so much more about me now. <laughs> That's that's the point. That is quite literally the point. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. And yeah, this um, let is me so know what, great. Let me know what you think when you watch it. Oh my god. Know. Yeah. And I can't wait for the. I can't wait for everybody to see it and for everybody. To yeah. Me too. And for all yes. of the cool shit that is going to happen in the future, I'm calling Knock your shot wood. right now. Knock I'm calling wood. your Knock. shot right now. I'm knocking on wood right now. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Oh, right. Okay. Amazing. Thank good. you so yep. much. And please come back anytime and uh, and, and all that jazz. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Adrian. See you. See you later. Yes. Bye. Bye. And that's it for this week's episode of La Mescla. Thank you so much to Hang Nguyen for coming in. Thank you so much to uh, you for listening to um, Authentic Talent Literary Management for hooking the show up, as always. Thank you to you um, out there uh, for engaging with the show. Please make sure to engage with Sideways Smile. Follow them, support them. All their socials are down in the description of this episode. And make sure to follow and support La Mescla. That's at La Mescla Pod on all platforms. And we will be back with a new episode very, very soon. I hope you have a great weekend. And I uh, can't wait to bring you more La Mescla. Bye. Come with me. Vem comigo nessa viagem, nessa Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.